Welcome to the Neural Network. We are now on Instagram and Twitter at Neural Network Gold. Check it out. Today I'm so excited to be speaking to Grace. Grace is an advocate for invisible disabilities, including but not limited to Ehlers-Daniels and AAI, a compounding TBI disability. Hear her story now. This is the Neural Network. Hi, Emma. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So, my name is Grace. Um, I am an English major at Villanova University, and I am planning on going into a career in healthcare management and patient advocacy. That's that's awesome. You're really going to help people like us. Thank you. Yeah, that's the goal. So, what is your concussion story? Yeah, so it's kind of a little complicated, but essentially when I was 15, um, I was diagnosed with a connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which we just shortened to EDS, and it basically weakens a really important structural protein in your body, and it primarily affects the joints, and when I was diagnosed, I was kind of just like left to figure things out on my own and no doctor ever kind of pointed out to me that the biggest collection of joints in your body is your spine so for the past few years especially since my diagnosis I've been accumulating spinal damage and degeneration that I didn't know anything about Um, and so this year I was finally diagnosed with an acquired condition that's secondary to the EDS called atlantoaxial instability, which we just shortened to AAI. It's basically just neck instability into vertebrae of my neck. And this is so complicated, but that instability has been added to um, cranial settling. So essentially, the very bottom part of my brain, the cerebellar tonsils are sticking out into the spinal canal. So on a daily basis, my neck vertebrae, which are not stable and slip and slide, and my brain, which is sticking out, it's like herniated, they're both pressing into my brain stem. So that's causing repetitive traumatic brain injury that is happening and building up like every single day. Um, wow. And then on top of that, last year I did get a concussion. Um, I slipped down just one stair like into a sunken living room and I didn't hit my head. But my neck is so unstable that I got, like, a whiplash concussion mm-hmm. from a minor fall. So that is the whole story. Wow. Well, that's I mean, obviously horrible but very interesting. Yeah, it's pretty intriguing, actually, like, to think about how every single thing is connected in your body. Yeah, you really, you really learned that the hard way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have a medical degree. Right. Yeah, you'll definitely be able to advocate for patients because you'll actually know what it's like, which is something that's so difficult for trying to find a diagnosis is finding a doctor who has any idea what's going on, not just because they can't explain it scientifically, but because they don't understand what it's like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
So what are most of your, your symptoms with the EDS or the, I'm sorry, I forget the acronym. Oh, no, it's fine. AAI is for the instability. Um, yeah, so my major EDS symptoms are all related to that head, neck region. So I um, have headaches, nausea, fatigue, vertigo. Um, and then my worst symptom that's really been affecting me recently is sensory sensitivity, which I'm sure you've experienced, like, the bright lights, loud oh, noises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, like, look at pattern lights anymore, so, like, I can't drive anymore or go on bikes because of the sunlight coming through trees so like I literally mm-hmm. am in danger like on the road so I can't do that um so those are the really major things and then I know we were talking before about um ticks they're not mm-hmm. like I have motor ticks that I've had since I was seven and they don't bother me as much as I guess some of my other symptoms but I'm sure they're related to the brain injury now looking back on all of it yeah and it's very interesting to me because I hadn't hadn't found somebody who had had a similar not necessarily progression but like that kind of like random onset with the brain injury because my doctor's like yeah I'm definitely open to them being connected and they seem connected but who knows but, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know it if you live in it. Exactly. Yeah. It's only like you can only go to so many appointments where you're told they don't have a connection before you have to start connecting the dots on your own. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit different with the EDS and the AAI than for people who bump their heads and things that I've talked to. So what kinds of treatments or what kinds of things are there out there that you have you that you've tried to help yeah so right now um eds doesn't have a cure and the only major like treatment protocol is doing physical therapy and that is essentially essentially just trying to strengthen all of your muscles um to keep your joints in place so i've done physical therapy like multiple different rounds for different parts of my body and my most helpful physical therapy was after my concussion because I would do um they just introduced new exercises where like I would wear a laser pointer on my head and I would have to turn my head over my shoulder and I'd have to get the point like keep it in a straight line um I would Hmm. do things also with beads where I had to focus my eyesight down Mm -hmm. a line of beads and then back um and then, like, cover my eyes. And so all those things really, really helped with dizziness and, like, lagging that I had in my eyes after the concussion. Um, but in terms of, like, the pain and the headaches, I haven't had, like, a successful treatment plan because for a really, really long time I was misdiagnosed with migraines. So I was just going through medications that weren't doing anything for me. And um, just this fall I was finally fitted for a neck brace by an EDS knowledgeable neurosurgeon and so the neck brace takes the weight of my head off of my neck because the part of my neck that is unstable is the part that holds up your head so Mm. once my head rests on the neck brace I immediately have relief in my neck Um, and it also keeps me from moving my neck too much so I'm not twisting it and then putting my brain stem at increased damage so Mm -hmm. I wear that at night, I wear it in the car, um, I wear it if I'm in pain, and so that has helped me so much that I am now 
um, a candidate for a spinal fusion surgery. So eventually once hospitals reopen, I'll be getting a surgery um, to fuse those two vertebrae, top vertebrae in my spine. And uh, also it'll be at the same time treating that brain herniation by removing part of my skull. So it's going to like completely reconfigure that area back there, but it should help strengthen everything. And then that will eventually lead to less uh, damage on my brainstem. And I've been told it'll take about two years for the brainstem to completely heal itself, but it is possible. So wow. it's really exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. Is it so scientifically, is that because if you connect them, you don't need the connective tissue? Yeah, exactly. So the connective tissue is so weak there that it's not keeping them in place. So now the um, it'll be titanium screws and they'll actually be in place of the connective tissue. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. That's a very exciting prospect. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hopefully the hospitals and everything will be safe to open soon so that you can get that. Yes, fingers crossed. You've, yeah, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've been doing a lot of really cool stuff online about to, to advocate. Uh, would you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. So um, I started a blog called seasickblog.com, so S-E-E, which mm. I'm trying to use as a tool to increase awareness of all disabilities and illnesses, but primarily invisible ones, and that's where the word seasick comes in because I want people to be able to see um, – how illnesses and disabilities can come in so many shapes and forms. And so I, on there, I mostly talk about my experiences with EDS and then other things I've learned about advocating and chronic illness communities. Um, and I was really inspired to do that through the Ehlers-Danlos Society, which is a nonprofit organization that does research and holds conferences for patients and doctors um, throughout the year and so I went to my first EDS conference a year after I was diagnosed and I've been to four now and it is such an incredible experience because you get to be in a room there's normally about 300 attendees with so many people who understand you like it's unbelievable to be able to sit there and talk about your symptoms with people and not be judged or if you need to leave the room because it's too cold or it's too bright or whatever no one judges you and they all understand and they'll help you um and so that's really it was such an incredible experience and it helped me find my community and find my sense of belonging and um this is actually something that i think anyone should do like if you can find a conference for any of your diagnoses i would totally suggest going as long as it's affordable or you could physically feel well enough to go travel um but it's just such a great way to connect to your community and through that first conference i met a girl named shira who runs a program called sick chicks which was her own nonprofit organization that she started for young people who have chronic or terminal illnesses to find support online. So there's Facebooks for sick, a Facebook group and an Instagram for sick chicks. And so that's like an online community support group, essentially, um, which is also something that is not based on your diagnosis. So anyone could join, um, those groups if you're just looking for support from people your age who also have chronic illnesses. So those two organizations really are what kickstarted my passion to start raising awareness for disabilities. Um, 
And I've been so lucky at college to be involved with a group called Level and Level at Villanova focuses on disability inclusion, awareness, and making sure that everyone has the same college experience, regardless of their abilities. So I was just elected onto the executive board with them for this upcoming school year, and we're really going to be working on bringing awareness to disabilities in hospitals, because right now there's really not enough conversations surrounding invisible disabilities when you talk to someone who's going into the healthcare field. So we're going to be focusing a lot on working with the nursing program and the pre-med program just so people can get a better idea of the types of disabilities that they're going to be seeing in the work um, the workforce. That's awesome. Yeah, that really makes sense because so many things that are our daily lives are just not things that they've ever heard of because so many things there are so many invisible disabilities right definitely they and i understand there's only so much they can learn in medical school and they have to focus on major important diseases but if they don't know that someone can be disabled and look completely healthy then they're not going to be helping a wide subset of patients yeah that's that's so true it really is are there any positive experiences other than your advocacy that have come from what you've gone through? I I think yes. I it, that, it sounds crazy to able-bodied people, but like being chronically ill, I feel like has changed my life for the better um, in terms of the people I've met who I would literally never ever cross paths with if it wasn't for being ill, either at the conferences or at school. Um, and online too but then just like I've become a more empathetic person I've been given a pass in life now which I know goes along with my advocacy but it's just something that I don't think I would have found that sense of self without the illness so I Mm -hmm. feel like there are so many positive things that have just helped me build character and made me look at the world a different way so yeah that's awesome yeah it's definitely it's so much you get your given such a different perspective when you realize how little daily things that everybody takes for granted aren't things to take for granted like going to school or just like going to the grocery store and being able to walk down an aisle with all the different stimulus nobody ever thinks of that and I I know I didn't I totally took that for granted complaining about all the little things but like now I realize how lucky I was and how lucky I am on days that I can do it yeah definitely because when you're dealing with a chronic illness, like you might be great one day and then horrible the next day or even have a flare-up for a few years and then improve. And so you learn to not take anything for granted. And just, I think it makes you so much happier every day, but especially the days when you're feeling better. Definitely, yeah. And it's like, chronic illnesses change you. And they're going to uh-huh. change you regardless, but it's up to you whether overall it changes you for the better or the worse. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So do you have any advice or different uh, parting words or anything that you think that I missed that is important that you talk about? Um, I guess just for advice, I know that it can be really hard to be confident and advocate for yourself during doctor appointments, but I would just so highly suggest doing your research, joining groups online of people in your area who've gone to doctors like make sure that you're going to the healthcare professionals who are going to help you because sadly not every healthcare professional has enough experience with patients like us mm-hmm. so 100 percent, do your research it will make your doctor appointments so much better your treatment options will be clearer 
So that would be my major piece of advice. And then in general, I would just say, you know, try to look for the positives, not ignoring the negatives, but just look for the positives in every situation as much as you can. Um, And just stay optimistic because I never thought I would find like so many friends online and in person who completely understand what I'm going through. So just don't give up. You're going to find a community. You're going to find people who support you. Just keep an open mind. You can get creative if you have to. I love that. That's perfectly said. It really is. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Your story is so interesting and very, very different than the ones I've heard of, which is why it's so important because there's, I'm sure, so many people who need to hear what you have to say, including me. I hope it helps someone. I'm sure it will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, have a have a great rest of your day. You too. All right, bye. Bye. That was the Neural Network. Thank you so much for listening. As always, this is a Girl Scout Gold Award project by me, Emma. And you can find us now on Instagram and Twitter at Neural Network Gold. Thank you.